football's coming on tonight. Welcome, everybody, to the NPSN show, and I am followed by co-host, my friend, Justin. What's up, guys? Yeah, he's going to be joining in. We fixed a little bit of the audio this uh, this time. So we're going to just go ahead and get right into it. We're going to be discussing many different uh, breakdowns of uh, players. We're not going to discuss every player, but make sure you look to the uh, to the right of the screen. And you can see the players that we're going to be discussing are the players that will be on the screen at the time. But we're just going to get into it. So, Justin, I mean, we got many quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, obviously, you got elite quarterbacks. You got Mahomes. We got uh, Rodgers. You got mm -hmm. possibly you got Brady. You got Drew Brees and stuff to that sort now, what quarterbacks, I mean, there's many quarterbacks that are on the board this year. I mean, you got Herbert, Fromm, Hurts, Love, Joe Burrow, and Jake Fromm, and uh, Herbert. Like, I mean, what teams need a quarterback? Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, what teams are in the process of trying to build up for the future or even build up this year and that they need a quarterback immediately going into the draft? Well, the number one team on my radar is the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just because they have the first pick. And they're obviously going to go with Joe Burrow, national championship quarterback winner. But other teams that do need a quarterback, in my opinion, are the Dolphins that yeah. didn't struggle with Fitzpatrick but did actually good. Yeah, uh, I mean, The like, Patriots after losing Tom Brady. Yeah. And I mean, the Chargers. I mean, you got the Dolphins, too. I mean, the Dolphins started off rough, like 0-6, 0-5, and – they yeah. even replaced Fitzpatrick and threw Rosen in there, and Rosen did twice as worse as he did, so they end up starting him again, and they end up getting five or six wins, and then I think they maybe... Trading him. Yeah. No, they haven't traded him yet, I don't think. I can't oh, remember. no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the Cardinals trade. Yeah, that was the Cardinals trade, and then you had... Then they went 5-11. and 11. I think they went the same as the Cardinals, I mean... Yeah. You also got a leap back. Like, you also got teams building for the future, too. I mean, you got... Dak, the Dak situation in Dallas, trying to build for a possible replacement of who's going to be their quarterback if he holds out or if he doesn't sign. I mean, obviously, backing him up is Cooper Rush. I personally haven't seen Cooper Rush play, and I don't know if he's capable of even being a starter yet. It's a big loss to Dallas. I mean, if he Jerry can't get that contract out or contract out, must I'm bad, bad, and sign him. Yeah, you know. We need a future quarterback to step in, or if not Cooper Rush, and put that Dallas office together because Dak Prescott already said that he's holding out if he doesn't get a long-term contract. So yeah, that puts in the Cowboys in a bind of drafting a quarterback in the first or second round. See, like, even you saying that, like, they're also looking for the future in their, what their team. I mean, obviously they signed Zeke to a multi-million dollar deal. They signed Amari Cooper multi-million and they also signed Demarcus Lawrence to a multi-million dollar deal after he was holding out for a little bit because of free agency and yeah. contracts and stuff like that. But I mean, even going into the Packers too, I mean, obviously the Packers GM, Brian uh, Brian G, I think his name is, he's even realizing that I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers. Obviously when Favre was starting they brought in Rodgers, picked him late and they groomed him 
to where he what what he is now today. He's a powerhouse. He's a starter. He's going. He's doing actually really well. Last year was a pretty, pretty uh, not rough season, but he did pretty good. Rather than the season before that with Mike McCarthy's last year in Green Bay. So I mean, do you think that they're gonna draft a quarterback to start grooming under Rodgers? I mean, they got Tim Boyle right now. Obviously, I mean, I'm a Packers fan. The way he's done in preseason. Or could they stick with Tim Boyle, or do you think they'll draft one this year based off of the positive quarterbacks such as Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm. Obviously, you got Joe Burrow going first. Um, you got Tua, Jalen. You got also you got Jacob Eason, and then you got Nate Morgan from FIU. I think that's his name. Yeah, there's many great QBs on 2020's draft board, and I think the Packers do have a chance of getting a quarterback. Maybe in the second round, maybe in the first. I mean, as I've seen mock drafts before that the Packers are going to take, or like predictions that the Packers are going to take Jordan Love in the first round. Yeah, it just depends but if he drops all that these great, Yes, with all these great QBs on the board, I think the Packers do have a potential of getting a backup QB for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron yeah. Rodgers is entering his final, maybe not his final year, but maybe his final years coming up. Yeah. And still has a stunning stat, top maybe top ten QB. Yeah, up then, on that board. So yeah, and then also you have the Saints too. I mean, the Saints are also doing the same thing the Packers are trying to do. I mean, Breeze already is signed a one year deal base or a deal basically with NBC if he retires this year. But I mean, yep. yes, they're grooming Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's their all time utility player, just like in baseball where you have a utility player that plays. Short, second, first, third, everywhere around the field. Got basically a Sean Rodriguez player, which he played everywhere. That's basically with Taysom Hill. He's wide receiver. He's tight end. He's a running back. He's quarterback. I mean, pretty much everything. And Taysom Hill already threatened this year to leave if he wasn't considered a starter. So I mean, is that the right attitude and mindset you got to have for them, or do you think since he's automatically developed a different role with the team as a special teams player, as a as a, I don't know. Uh, wide receiver. I, in I my mean, name, I do like Taysom Hill. Yeah. You know, he's one of those – he can play running back, tight end, anything. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, if there's a QB like that on the board – Dude, it's like the Packers only gave him away. Yeah, and GMs <laughs> are looking at players like that. I mean, you got to take them. Yeah. Because you never know what they could do. But uh, And then it all comes down to, like, the burden of the salary caps. I mean – that's one thing that most teams are worried about is their salary cap. I mean, right now I think the Packers would love to sign another linebacker, but I mean, obviously we don't we don't know we don't have the salary cap. Unlike yeah. the Texans, I mean, the Texans have the fourth highest salary cap. So I mean, even moving into still quarterbacks, I mean, what do you do? You think any teams will jump up, trade up, or do you think any teams will come that don't have a first round, such as the Bills, the Texans? Do you think they'll jump up to a first-rounder? Or speculation happened right now. Atlanta Falcons, they're saying that the Atlanta Falcons might jump up from their 17th pick that they got. I mean, what is your take on I think on? I do. One team that I think will jump up is New England Patriots. Yeah. Just because Bill Most Belichick definitely. will put whatever picks he wants in and maybe go after Justin Herbert. Just because Justin Herbert is high on the board and that the Chargers want him. Don't know if the Chargers want him. Don't know if the Dolphins want him. Don't even know if the Bengals want him. But 
I feel like the New England Patriots are going to jump up in the draft and draft a quarterback. Yeah. Now, go with Minnesota, well, there's a big report with Minnesota and the Browns talking about a potential OBJ trade. Yeah. So that's that another. Move, yeah, that can move up the Browns yeah. draft stock and going with a wide receiver like C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma or Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Yeah. So I do got a couple big surprise trades, but will they go through? I don't know. But I do feel like New England is going to trade up yeah, I mean, for a quarterback. Also that too, I mean, it's going to be very different this year because they're not in person. You don't have war rooms. You're going to be, it's going to be all virtual like we're doing right now. It's all yeah. virtual. They're going to be basically talking like this or FaceTiming or seeing a screen of each other, and they're going to have to trust on their scouts. Last year, the Raiders made a a big thing. They had three picks in the first round, and they fired, They uh, sent their scouting staff home. They end up picking Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and then uh, Abrams, I think. Yeah, Jonathan say, Abrams. Yeah, safety. And then they also took Cleveland Farrell. He didn't. I mean, he didn't do bad this year, but they picked a guy in the second, third round, Max Crosby, that absolutely went off. Honestly, I thought he was going to be the defensive rookie of the year, but they basically jumped on the Nick Bosa trade because he's Joey Bosa's brother, and he got it after yeah. Max Crosby had much better stats than Nick Bosa did the Nick whole Bosa. year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was the main thing that got my – I was fed up about her, more or less. I mean, still, too. I mean, you also got rookie of the year. I mean, you have Kyler Murray, and then it was debatable. I mean, you got A.J. Brown. That was another kind of iffy ordeal with that. Yeah. But, I mean, that, too. I mean, going after, I mean, basically, I mean, those are the teams that are struggling with their quarterback situation. I mean, many teams struggled once before with quarterbacks. I mean, the Texans struggled with them before. They jumped up and grabbed Watson. And even Mahomes, they traded Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. What is he? He's a MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and then he's a, a actual MVP. Yeah. I don't th- yeah, I don't think so. He's an MVP. Or it was uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it was Lamar Jackson. My bad. But, I mean, like, that too. I mean, you got the Chiefs. Chiefs need a running back. I mean, what do you say based off of the whole running back standpoint in this year's like draft? I mean, obviously you have top players such as, I mean, obviously if you look at the screen, we have DeAndre Swift up there. We have J.K. Dobbins. We got Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Cam Akers. I mean... A lot of teams have really been contacting J.K. Dobbins more than they have Swift because it's getting to the point where Swift is starting to drop and for some reason J.K. is starting to rise. I mean, the Texans talked to him. The uh, Packers talked to him. The Bengals talked to him. uh, The Raiders, not the Raiders. I think the Raiders also talked to him too. I mean, I understand the whole ordeal. I mean, you take the Texans and they're talking to him even though especially when the trade just went through today for David Johnson I mean that means that leaves him David Johnson that leaves him Duke Johnson and then that leaves mm-hmm. that would leave him if say if they want to take JK I mean yeah. 
Most teams aren't looking for a number one running back. They're looking for a dual threat backfield that they can utilize. Because yeah, well, I think the Chiefs might be looking for a running back yeah. because they've been kind of a little iffy on the running back situation. I mean, last year but, they signed uh, Sean McCoy to a one-year deal, and now he's in free agency. Mm-hmm. And this year they used Damian Williams, a great outstanding running back in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know, the Bengals might need a running back because a report I did read today is that Joe Mixon prepares to hold out if he doesn't get a long-term extension. Yeah, that's a big So that kind of puts the Bengals to trade up to the first round and get J.K. Dobkins or... Is it DeAndre Swift from Georgia? Yeah. Right? Yes. Maybe trade up and get them, you know, get one of those guys. I mean, but if you, I mean that too. Many I mean, teams, you know. If you look into, like, the stats, I mean, you got DeAndre Swift, Georgia. Even they Georgia played big teams. They're in the SEC. They're going to play big teams. They play Auburn, A&M, Alabama, uh, LSU. He averaged six point yards, six point seven point six yards a carry. I'm like, it can't get any much better than that. But mm-hmm. then you drop down to somebody like John Taylor. Wisconsin is a run based offense. They run the ball. They got offensive line that is run blockers. And then you got a guy like Jonathan Taylor. He averaged seven point ones a carry, fifty touchdowns in his career. 926 attempts and 6,174 yards. I mean, that is just outstanding stats as a running back. That that in my book would make him a number one. Also, they're I mean they're in the Big Ten, so I mean it's not like they're in a weak division either. They're playing big teams, so I mean that's what makes me a gives me a boost to say he's worth to be a number one. Yeah. I mean, you have like any of your opinions on based on the running backs that you're surprised in, or running backs that you're. The running backs I like in this draft is, of course, J.K. Dobkins. He oh, came yeah. from Ohio State. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, and that's where Ezekiel Elliott came. And I like that J.K. Dobkins developed that Ezekiel Elliott trait after Ezekiel Elliott got picked by the Cowboys in 2016. That's where J.K. Dobkins took over, and basically went off. Yeah, you know he had great stats. Probably the maybe the number one running back right now on this draft board. So he impresses me too, and the running back from Georgia also impresses me. He has good, you know, good jukes. He has good running. He hits the holes a lot. Yeah. You know, Georgia's quarterback Jake Fromm too entering the draft. I mean, there's just good players that come from Georgia. In my opinion, I like J.K. Dobkins because he developed that Ezekiel Elliott trait and took over. Like Ezekiel Elliott did at Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that too. I mean, obviously, you got the team like the Chiefs that need a running back, or maybe you got a team like uh, the Rams that are now needing a running back based off of the Todd Gurley trade. I mean, you got the Bengals, you got the Rams, you got, uh, got the Chiefs. I mean, there's a lot of teams looking for a second, third running back. Because now the teams Chargers. are starting, yeah, Chargers, there's teams that are starting to develop into systems where they're having one, twos, and threes playing. For yep. example, I mean, you got, you had last year, you had the Texans. You had Duke Johnson, and then you had uh, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde ran for over 1,000 yards. 1,079 yards, I think, to be exact. But, I mean, you got a team like the Chiefs that need a running back. And there's plenty of them on the board. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they took one. 
I mean, and then this year, them also winning the Super Bowl with Kelsey. I mean, that too is a big spot in the NFL's tight end positions. I mean, mm-hmm. moving into tight end positions, you got you got a lot of tight ends too that are coming into the draft, or you got t- tight ends that last year that came in the draft that are starting to develop speed. I mean, you got OJ Howard, you got David Njoku. I mean, you got Evan Ingram. Yeah, you got Hooper. I mean, all these guys have decent speed. I mean, that's the main thing that is you're starting to see. You're starting to see elusive tight ends. You're not yes. starting to see just basic blockers, an extra blocker. I mean, obviously this year you got um, Thaddeus Moss. You got Bryson Hopkins. I wouldn't see basically anybody taking a tight end in the first round based off of just the whole Patriots background. I mean, even with, if the Patriots would have kept Brady, I could see them taking a tight end because Ben Watson retired. But, like, what is yeah. your take on, like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of good tight ends this year. There's a guy out of Dayton that's 6'6". I mean, what is your your basic knowledge on the whole tight end standpoint in the NFL and how are they developing? Uh, You know, guys like like the Cowboys, they released, or they, re- they didn't release, but they released, Actually, they did in free agency, but they released Jason Winton to the Raiders and brought up a developing guy, Blake Jarwin, signed him to about a three-year deal, and then brought a Super Bowl tight end from the Chiefs, Blake Bell, and now he's going to develop under Blake Jarwin. So there's like many tight ends developing in the NFL right now, especially Eric Ebron going to the Steelers. And, of course, you got – I like the guy from Texas A&M last year, Jay Sturberger, and going to the Packers. Of course, you were happy about that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the draft this year, I really got a good outstanding guy from Purdue. His name is Bryson Hopkins. He was a red shirt senior last year and didn't play his last year, but he is entering the draft. He His 40 was a 4-6-6, which is good, uh, good as a tight end. Man. And... He had 61 receptions, 830 yards, and seven TDs on his junior year, and then got redshirted senior year. So he's, I think he's got a good draft stock. Maybe a second, projecting a second round pick. Yeah. But Thaddeus Moss, son, you know, son of NFL legend Randy Moss, I want to see where he goes because this year he didn't participate in the combine due to foot surgery. So. You know, this take in tight ends is just getting more and more intense because I just see many guys developing. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got teams that are starting to go away from the tight end position too, which is a big, big point into what I like. I like seeing tight ends in many offenses. That's like the fullback position. They barely mention the fullback position anymore in the draft or in the combine. Our teams barely take fullbacks. Like, you can't enter the NFL as a fullback. You're either going to enter, enter, either enter the NFL as a special teams player or have to move over to a running back. Example, Cullen Gillespie. He was a 12th man at A&M. He was a middle linebacker. He did good at linebacker. He decided, oh, I'm going to switch to fullback. And then realized, oh, man, fullbacks just aren't star players anymore unless you're Kyle Juszczyk which is like a basically a tight end slash running back or tight end slash fullback. So what he did is he switched over to running back, 
but the Texans picked him in the seventh round, and he did really, really good this year and boosted their special teams. I mean, you got a lot of special teams players. You got teams that are starting to pick just off of special teams. An example, I mean, the Cowboys got probably one of the best special team coaches in the NFL, and that's why I applauded Mike McCarthy for doing developing such a decent staff. I mean, he got John Fassel from the Rams. He's been with them who knows how long. Interim head coach for them once or twice. Um, has a history with family throughout the NFL. I mean, you got teams that are starting to take players based off of special teams now, which is starting to mix up, and you're starting to team good special teams, and you're starting to see bad special teams. I mean, that too, I mean, that's a big thing that's starting to develop around the NFL. Yeah. And then, like, moving over, I mean, you got different tight ends. I mean, obviously you got Dayton, the Dayton star on the tight end. He's number 84 on the screen. Red uh, guy in the red shirt. Uh, 6'6". He played for a, a FCS school, Dayton. He... Adam Troutmont? Troutmont? Yeah. Like Troutman or whatever. So, I mean, they're taking him based off his his size. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's elusive. He had over 2,000 yards receiving for them. He was probably their number one receiver, too, on top of that. I mean, and then you got a lot of run-blocking tight ends, too. I mean, you got guys in the NFL like Lee Smith. You got guys that said Kittle couldn't run-block until you actually saw it. I mean, then we're going to go over into O-line. I mean, there's a lot of O-line this year. Oh, yeah. Really outstanding O-line, like uh, Andrew Thomas from Georgia, Jarek Willis from yeah. Alabama. You know, those guys are run, pass blockers, they're anything. I mean, I really like Jarek Willis from Alabama. You know, any guy that comes out of Alabama has some good talent. You know, Nick Saban, you know, teaches those guys, you know, this is what, you know, what it takes to go to the NFL. And, you know, he really develops those guys and puts those guys in positions – Maybe they've never played in their lives, and they just come out it's like outstanding. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this year you're gonna have at least five off five or five or six maybe offensive linemen go in the first ten picks. I mean, there's many teams that need an offensive line. You got the Jets. I mean, even uh, you got the Bengals. You got the Giants. You got the Cardinals. You got the Buccaneers. The Browns. You got the Browns. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking for O-line, and this is the year, too. Quarterbacks and linemen right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a guy, like Justin was saying, Jedrick Willis. He's probably going to go. I have him getting t- taken to uh, either the Giants or the Cardinals. And then you got a guy out of Iowa. You got Tr- uh, Tristan Wirfs. He made the switch from guard to, t- uh, guard to tackle. He wasn't a really decent left tackle. He played right tackle and was a baller. How are they going to develop him into being a blindside blocker for a, a team? And then that's what they're going to do with Nate Soldier, even if, even if he goes to the uh, Giants, because they're starting to build a wall around their franchise quarterback, da- uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, Nate Soldier was an outstanding Patriots offensive lineman. They got Zietler. They got Will Hernandez. They're looking for that one more tackle to fill their vacancies. And started starting to rebuild the team. I mean, obviously, you got the former Dallas coach over there and former Dallas offensive line coach, Mark Colombo. I didn't like to see Mark Colombo go, 
based off of him coming in as an assistant and end up taking the starting uh, O-line coach job because they fired their recent O-line coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, it, I didn't like Mark Colombo leaving. He was a great guy. He actually taught a lot of great things to a newest member of the Cincinnati Bengals, Xavier Sulufulo. You know, he teaches him a lot, and now Sulufulo has like a five-year, sixty-dollar or sixty million, you know, contract. And now Mark Colombo took Cameron Fimling, an old Cowboys member to the Giants with him. So, you know, it was a bad loss. But, you know, this rebuild with the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy coming in, could it turn around the offense? Maybe. Maybe the O-line too. But, you know, I mean, it was just it, a new time to get all that staff out and, you know, create a new staff. Yeah, I mean, then you got a guy from uh, Louisville. I mean, you got Mecky Becton. Related to, uh, not related to, but I relate him to Teron Armstead. The man was probably the fastest offensive lineman in the draft combine. I mean, with that elusiveness, is he good enough to go with the first five picks? No. Is he reasonable to hit the brown spot for them and fill their vacancy at left tackle or right tackle? Yes. Yeah. He's quick off the ball. He He's really good in pass coverage. I mean, obviously you can see... He uh, protected. I forgot who their quarterback was this year. They actually Louisville actually flipped it around, and they did actually I think decent this year. And then you got a sleeper. I mean, you got two sleepers that could land either to the Dolphins or even if the Cowboys don't take a secondary and they're looking to fill that Travis Fred or that not Travis Frederick. Yeah, I think Travis Frederick, and they're trying Positioning to position at center Caesar. Yeah, uh, Ruiz. Ruiz from yeah Michigan. I mean, you got Caesar yeah, Ruiz. Yeah. 50, I mean, obviously, he's number 51 out of Michigan on the screen. I mean, he did decent with Michigan. He protected, uh, what's the quarterback's name? He's in the draft. Uh, can't remember. And then you got you got two sleepers in the first round, Ruiz, and then you got uh, Josh Jones out of U of H. He's probably a senior yeah. bowl offensive line standout. That's where he really made his mark and boosting his draft uh, draft stock a lot. And he could land to a team like the Dolphins later on that need a lineman. Then you also got the guy that I didn't list on the screen, uh, USC, out of USC. He was really good in his pass and run blocking. I mean, you got, you got teams that are looking for run blocking. You got teams that are looking for pass blocking. Obviously, more teams are looking for pass blocking, and then you got teams that are just ready to ground and pound and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. that too. And with that, you've got to have a develop. You got to have a good quarterback. Good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks are well protected. That makes them a good quarterback. I mean, without an offensive line, you ain't having nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then that was basically our take on the whole O-line, I mean, there's a lot of good O-line this year. A lot of O-line this year that are going to go, and a lot of them, you're going to see a lot of them go between the first and second round. Last year's what surprised me when they took some of my guys in the second round, like Cody Ford. Took him in the second round, the Bills got him. And you got guys that come up, too, like Andre Dillard and Titus Howard, that I didn't believe were going to go in the first round, that got picked in the first round. I mean, you're going to have those unexpected picks early. And you're going to have them unexpected picks that you didn't see coming at all. And then we're going to move into um, 
wide receivers. We know, we know mostly about wide receivers. We know their backgrounds and what they're willing to do and what, how good a lot of wide receivers that are good this year are are uh, in the draft. I mean, first, I'm going to talk about a notable guy that I think he's not a dra- top drop uh, draft prospect, but he's on the rise. He Justin probably won't know about him, but I've followed him throughout his FBS season, two seasons. But, I mean, first we're going to start with C.D. Lamb. Recent reports were that the Jets were really interested in Jalen Rieger. The Jets probably have uh, they have the pick right before the Raiders. So, I mean, Justin, is that a good, if they were to take Rieger's and then that would leave the Raiders with C.D. Lamb? Mm, I think, in my opinion, you got to give Sam Darnold a guy like C.D. Lamb. Yeah. With them, I uh, I Henry Ruggs. Yes, he did run a four two seven at the combine, which is outstanding. You know, yeah. top guy that ran at the combine, but I think a guy like Ceedee Lamb would best fit Sam Donald because he did lose his top guy, Robbie Anderson, signed a multi million dollar deal with the Panthers. And I think a guy like CeeDee Lamb, when you have the opportunity and it's before the Raiders, maybe it's the Raiders don't trade up. I think it is, you know, a good spot to take CeeDee Lamb and let Ruggs go to, like, the 49ers or the Raiders or, you know, yeah. other teams that need a wide receiver, that lost a wide receiver. Yeah, and that too, you're, you know, all, you're also not getting a lot of wide receivers that are bad this year. I mean, you've got, you got decent wide – there's decent wide receivers on the draft board. Mm-hmm. I mean, C.D. Lamb had over two thousand or three thousand yards receiving. He had one hundred seventy-three receptions, thirty-two touchdowns. His average catch every time he made a mark was nineteen yards. His average catch was a nineteen-yard pass, basically. I mean, that is just that's that's way more than a first down. I mean, first yard, mm-hmm. first down, yeah, that's like a deep threat. I mean, that's somebody that. I mean, you also got. I mean, like you're saying, you also got Re. You also got uh, Rieger. He's not on the screen. I forgot to add him, but him too. He's also a deep threat for TCU. I mean, you got teams that are looking for deep threats, and then you got teams that are are already set in that uh, that they need a wide receiver. I mean, the guy like Jerry Judy had over two. He had over two thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns. All these guys in the draft this year, their averages are nineteen yards, seventeen yards, seventeen yards. Uh, fifteen point seven. That's the lowest one. That's Denzel Mims. That's projected to go later on, maybe to the Vikings or the Eagles are really interested in him. He got eighteen yards. A big one right here. T. Higgins. And then, I mean, you got a lot of good wide receivers that are gonna go early too. I mean, a guy that surprised me the most that I've been following in the years with Hugh Freeze, former Ole Miss coach, is Antonio Gandy Golden. A lot of people don't know Antonio Gandy Golden. He spent his 2018-2019 season, two seasons, with Liberty. Liberty is a new FBS school. Their first year being an FBS school, they were, um, they ended FBS as an independent. First year they got bowl eligibility, and they got they made it to the bowl game and they won the bowl game, I believe. This guy had 150 receptions, 2,433 yards. 20 touchdowns, an average of 16.2. And 
He that was only out of two seasons at Liberty. That's not four seasons like some of these guys. Three or four. That's only two seasons at Liberty. I mean, you got a team yep. like the Giants that have an opportunity to take an O lineman and a linebacker or a defensive guy first two rounds. You think he could drop maybe third or fourth round and that'd be a possible pickup for them? Because he supposedly he's a deep threat uh, wide receiver. I mean, that's two seasons he's got over two thousand yards. I mean, maybe he could go third round, second round. I mean. When you have a deep threat wide receiver on the board, I mean, you just got to take them. You know, deep threat wide receivers, I always compare them to Julio Jones. Just because Julio Jones, he is a deep threat wide receiver due to his, I think, vertical jump. And the one he has, thing like, that's... the highest vertical jump in the NFL. So, like, that's what puts me – if you're a deep threat, you know, you got to pick them, you know. Yeah. Deep threat. See, he's a deep threat, threat but he needs time. The only thing yeah. is his his – 40-yard dash was over five seconds. Yeah, which is bad. For, yeah. I mean, not bad. For NFL caliber wide receiver, wide receiver right? yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, five, over five, mm, kind of bad for a wide receiver, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that's holding him down is his 40. His 40 wasn't good at all. His 40 was absolutely not – it was pretty bad. I mean, and then you got – there's a lot of picks, like I said, this year. I mean, you've got running backs, you got – a little bit of tight ends. You got quarterbacks, O-line, tight end, uh, wide receivers. And now we're going to start getting onto the other side of the ball. I mean, you got defense. There's a lot of corners on the board. What teams are in need of D-linemen and linebackers in this year's draft? Like, what teams need it? I mean, obviously, you got the Texans. They gave away DJ Reader for... Basically, you're getting Tim Jernigan, J.J. Watt, and they're still trying to figure that right side out. Which teams are in need of defensive linemen? I think teams that are in need of a defensive linemen is, I would say, the Cowboys. Not just because I'm a fan, but the Cowboys did lose Robert Quinn on an $80 million contract to the Bears. Lost Malik Collins to the Las Vegas Raiders. And only kept Demarcus Lawrence and a DT Autumn Woods, but then they went to go pick up the, uh, Jared McCoy and Dante Poe, which brings back Tyrone Crawford too. That you know, after he got his in career season injury, that put him down. So now that yeah. coming back, I think Dallas does need a defensive end or another DT just to fill in those positions because. We've been, for the past couple of years, we've been rough at D-linemen. And yeah, now I mean, since we lost two great guys, I mean, we're even going to be more of a need of a, of a D-lineman. I mean, I can tell you one thing. The one team that don't need D-linemen is the goddamn uh, Ravens. Holy cow. Yes, the Ravens will pick up Calarius Campbell, and I think they're got, I mean, powered, right? They got there. Derek Wolf. They gave away uh, Pierce to the Vikings. They got in Calais Campbell, they got in Derek Wolf, and they also got a couple other good ones. I mean, they don't need D Lyman at all. I mean, you got a team like the Jaguars that took a big hit losing uh Calais mm-hmm. Campbell. So I mean obviously they're in need of a uh D Lyman. Obviously I got them taking Derek Brown. I mean, Derek Brown averaged over I mean I think he averaged over 120 plus solo tackles. I mean, he averaged 
170 tackles and he had 12 and a half sacks. I mean, that's not obviously not don't worry about sacks for deal. I mean, I mean, he's plugging holes. He's there to stop the run, and that's the main thing that teams are starting to do. Is they're starting to run up the middle. I mean, he's a guy you can throw in there on third down, and you know they're not going to get it. They're going to not going to convert on that third down. Mm-hmm. And then you got a guy like. Chase Young, that's projected to take over the left side uh, for or the right side for um, the Washington Redskins with the second overall pick. I mean, he's got 98 tackles, 30 and a half sacks, and his high was 16 and a half sacks in 2019. Man, that is just that's incredible. And then you got a, another guy too that's kind of he raised to his draft stock. He was probably going to be in the same boat as Chase Young getting high, picked at a high overall. AJ uh, Epinesa with 101 tackles and 26 and a half sacks, but he didn't have a good combine. His combine was pretty bad based on his technique and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of D linemen in this draft, and then there's a lot of people that need linebackers. A linebacker that need they need to fill a position is my personal own, the Packers. The Packers need to fill a position for uh, Blake Martinez. The Saints need to fill a linebacker position. The or, Ravens yeah, I think, uh, need to AJ fill a Klein Yeah. Went somewhere. Yeah, I mean you got the Ravens that need to fill a uh, a linebacker position. You got I mean, yes, maybe the Cowboys too. I mean Sean Lee yeah, ain't gonna stay there need. for fourteen years. They're always years. in need. And you got Sean Lee. Sean Lee ain't gonna stay there for fourteen more years. And yeah. the linebacker class is very slim, just like tight ends. They got Isaiah Simmons. He's projected to either go to the Chargers, the Giants, or um, the Jets. I mean, big guy. 238 tackles, four interceptions, a four, 148 solo tackles, and 11 sacks. Them are some dec- them are some really good numbers. And then obviously you got lower, late first rounders. You got Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen. You got early second Zach Bond, and you got late... Late second, Malik Harrison. I mean, there's a lot of defensive players in this year's draft, but I think overall, offense overpowers this year's draft, unlike defense did last year. And, I mean, obviously, you got A.J. Epinesa for uh, D-line. You got uh, Kayvon uh, Chasen, I think his name is. You got Derek Brown. You got um, Javon Kinlaw. And then a notable draft that's probably probably gonna pick be picked late sixth seventh round sixth seventh or maybe going draft and he's gonna be an impact. I have him from SMU. His name is Pono Davis. I followed him this year. He had seventy eight solo tackles and four sacks. It's not bad for a D lineman, but the only thing that kills him is his uh, his speed. He I got him related to like a Danny Shelton type built, but I would say he's develop sort of like a Danny Shelton but I mean I don't think he, he'd be a good depth player m- most likely and then you got a lot of teams that are looking for secondary on the defensive side Mm-hmm. I mean you got two decent you got two de- decent safeties you got Malik uh, what's his name Malik uh, you got Grant Delpick, and then you got the guy out of Alabama, the guy out of Alabama. I forgot. Oh, about. Xavier uh, McKinney. Yeah, Xavier McKinney, and then you got Jeffrey Akuda, uh, uh, Jeffrey O. You got Trayvon D- Trayvon Diggs. You got AJ Terrell. You got um, 
what's the yeah, other C. two? C.J. Anderson. Yeah, C.J. Anderson. I mean, what are your takes on teams that need secondary? I mean, obviously the Cowboys took hit in secondary. They're looking for secondary. You got mm-hmm. Vikings looking for secondary. You got you also um, have the Giants. Yeah, the Giants looking for the secondary. Lions. You got the Lions. They're projected to take Jeffrey O because they and lost their the slay to the um, Eagles. To the Eagles, which is a big pickup for the Eagles. Oh yeah. I mean, they got also, the Vikings are looking for a corner after they did lose Trey Wings, and I think they lost Mike Hughes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think. Um, but corners on my top list that I like personally is CJ Anderson 61 40 time was a 4.39 he's 204 pounds you know he had 11 passes broken up in 33 tackles which is good as a pass coverage corner because yeah. you you can't really find that many I mean some are like you know they all play different types they'll play man covers they'll play you know zone they'll play you know man or zone coverage you know what teams are always looking for is zone coverage and man. And I think CJ Anderson is the guy that has both man and zone coverage. And are these analysts saying, you know, mock drafts that he is projected to go to the Cowboys or the Falcons? Because the Falcons did have a big loss to who is it, Desmond Trufant yeah, going to the Lions. And if the Lions were to draft Jeffrey Ogda or Akuda, the corner from Ohio Jeffrey State. Hill. Yeah, it would put their corner situation at a good risk. But C.J. Anderson is a good guy that's going into the draft. And even Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, I like this guy, you know, came back off of a foot injury in 2018 and did phenomenal in 2019 with 37 tackles and three interceptions. And you got a guy from, like, uh, won the national championship from LSU, Christian Fulton. You know, 32 tackles just in 2019 and 13 passes defended you know guy you know his height might be six foot i mean you're never gonna find a tall corner but you know i do like cj anderson at this secondary position yeah another one that i like is uh grant delpick another national championship uh contender excellent safety i mean he's projected to go um Late first, middle first, depends on who needs a safety. Obviously, I mean, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Lions, and the uh, the Vikings are always looking for another safety too. I mean, they got Harrison Smith, and they're looking for that uh, free safety or uh, strong safety position, I think. So, I mean, Grant Delpitti did really good in coverage this past year. I mean, obviously, yes, he did give up some, but, I mean, a lot, a lot of guys that came his way, I mean, they were basically shut down. I mean. Yes. Even got, after a. Suffering an ankle injury that stopped his play. He still came back and has 65 total tackles and 38 solo. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good guys this year in this year's draft. I mean, even though it's st- it stinks that the freaking the COVID-19 epidemic canceled the Las Vegas draft because it, it was actually supposed to be pretty... Uh, Pretty interesting, yeah. Pretty interesting because they were gonna take the guy people in by boats, and there's no telling what's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, now they're doing a virtual draft where there's no mock rooms. There's a chance for people's scouting reports to get leaked and who they're gonna take at risk of getting leaked. I mean, 
there's a lot of stuff that could go into and a lot of speculation that I will probably experience or probably hear after this year's draft. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we're all going to keep up with the draft. We're all going to have to watch the draft online because, I mean, it's not going to be probably in person or nothing. I mean, yep. obviously, you have reporters tuning in for the draft. I mean, but like I said, you got a lot of good prospects in this year's draft. We just went through just about every, not every prospect, but you got first-round potential prospects and my notable prospects that I know and that I think they're, they are going to get picked. I mean, obviously, you got a guy like Greg Ward Jr. was a quarterback for U of H a, uh, a couple years back, and uh, he went to the AAF under the San Antonio Commanders. Uh, did really good, excellent returner. He ended up coming into the Eagles as a special teams player and a returner and did really good uh, this past season. Stuck right in that wide receiver's position, backup wide receiver. Then wide receiver Deshaun Jackson got hurt. He moved into the starting position, and he actually, going into the playoffs, he was basically their number one wide receiver. And he was also their backup quarterback at the time because uh, Carson Wentz went out, and then he was Josh McCown's backup. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you'll get a lot of undrafted players that are better than first round players. I mean, obviously, you are going to get first round busts. A notable one is Taco Charlton. Taco Charlton got picked a couple years back and did absolutely terrible with the uh, Cowboys. But then he moved over with the Dolphins and he became a stud. I mean, that's basically the whole life of the situation. I mean, teams pick players and they just, they go to different teams and they become all stars. Yep. Like, I mean, it just depends on how people fit in the system. I mean, obviously, same thing happened with, uh, who was it? I wouldn't say Josh Rosen at all. I mean, Josh Rosen's pretty bad. I mean, I mean, you got teams that have offensive That's, I think line. that was a bust there. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was a bust, yeah. That was a big bust. I mean, obviously, you got teams that are looking for O-line that there's a couple big offensive line busts that were this year, this past year. I mean, obviously, you got... Teams that have offensive lines that are like college offensive lines. I mean, well, god dang, quarterback can't get no protection without O line, and O line can barely protect or save their life. I mean, quarterback's getting probably one second in the pocket and he's having to run. I mean, it doesn't do no good when you got a guy like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones where they're used to staying in the pocket, having to run downfield and have a possible chance of getting hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. there isn't there isn't a bunch of Lamar Jacksons and Kyler Murrays in the NFL. I mean, obviously. Yes, O-linemen, they're going to give up sacks. But, I mean, you also got to find a team's got to find a stable offensive line. But, I mean. Not injury prone. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we know. <laughs> but, I mean, you got anything you want to close out with before we wrap up shop here? Not really. I mean, I'm just impressed with this draft class. I think this is probably the best draft class I've seen since, you know, 2019. I'm not 2019. Actually, 2019 had a good, pretty, you know, pretty good draft class. 2018 was a little iffy, but I'm really excited for this draft class. Yeah. You know, guys like CeeDee Lamb and all these QBs that are projected to go first round, all these corners, all these um, phenomenal, like, offensive line actually going in the first round. They're never. I would have never thought of going in the first round. Um, all these like little receivers that no one really talked about because you know at the start of the combine everyone was just talking about Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb, Henry Ruggs. Now after the combine everyone was talking about Denzel Mims, yeah, Jalen Reg- uh, Regner, something like that, and you know all these 
little small wide receivers not going like up on the draft board, making their stop go uh, stock go up. So you know, kind of yeah. really excited about this draft class, and you know, see what my Cowboys are gonna pick. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm also very astonished with this draft. See who the Cow- see who the Packers are going to pick. I mean, basically, they're going to pick. Uh, most likely, I hope they'll take a wide receiver to help out Devontae Adams. They lost. They need to find depth at that position, and they also need to draft a, probably a, possibly a linebacker or a quarterback. I mean, it just depends on what are they currently looking for. Maybe but, an lineman too, because of the loss of Brian Bulaga. Yeah, I mean, you never know how Rick Wagner is going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. well. That was our takes on before the draft. Obviously, we're gonna have two more. We'll have two episodes next week. We know we did three this week. We felt like doing a three based off of how the other ones went. And uh, let's hear your takes in the comments. Who do you think is gonna go um, first round? Who do you think is gonna drop? Who? What teams do you think are gonna trade up? Make sure you uh, comment down below uh, and look in the description for any updates. Obviously, we know there's a. COVID-19 pa- uh, pandemic epidemic going around. Make sure you guys check out cdc.org to uh, find out what your take is on uh, the coronavirus and make sure you, all you guys are staying safe and we're going to close up shop here today and we're going to call it quits and we hope to see all of you next time on the NPSN show and I will see you guys later. Ball's coming on tonight.